Okay, hello everyone and welcome to International In-Depth. I'm your host for today, Mark Fjordborn. I'm joined today by Jeffrey Clayton. He's uh, a former international student, uh, went on a trip to uh, Fukuoka, Japan. Is that that's how you pronounce it, Jeffrey? Yeah, Fukuoka, Japan. I'm glad that you pronounced it correctly. <laughs> Good deal. Well, yeah, glad to have you on the show today. And, uh, of course, uh, it sounds like you had a pretty interesting trip. Uh, and you did that through the uh, Washburn Study Abroad program, is that correct? Yeah, I did it through the Washburn Study Abroad program, and it was for one year. I think uh, there were only a couple people or a few people who did the one-year program uh, this last year. So. Good deal. And uh, can you tell me, uh, just to start out, how did you uh, first become interested in studying abroad? Uh, so it's kind of weird. Um, I was always interested in studying abroad. I think everyone is secretly a little bit interested in it, and I have a couple reasons. Um, so I'm an English major, and I was about nearing my – I'm, I'm pretty much done with school, uh, and I was nearing the end of my college career, and all that I had left were uh, elective classes and upper division classes, and – I wasn't um, really feeling it uh, at Washburn. I wanted to maybe do those classes somewhere else, and I was taking Japanese, so I figured, hey, if I'm going to continue studying Japanese and upper division Japanese, maybe I should do it. Um, maybe I should do it abroad. And also, I I was watching a a, a sitcom, uh, the sitcom How I Met Your Mother. And there's like a mm-hmm. quote in it at one point where he mentions that how the main character mentions how he he regrets not studying abroad, and I've always just kind of had that one moment in that show has always stuck with me, and I was like, okay, well, I, I figured if I can study abroad, then I should, and then I did. So. Well, good deal. And uh, it sounds like they really were accommodating to uh, your needs. It sounds like you were able to complete a lot of courses there too. Yeah, I um. So it was actually a program that I did. It wasn't really like I didn't get to really go in and pick my classes. Mm-hmm. I had um, I had to study Japanese, the Japanese language, for three hours a day every weekday, um, from <laughs> nine to nine to twelve ten, um, and then uh, we had elective classes. I had two elective classes uh, each semester. Uh, the first one was called Japanese seminar, which is essentially just Japanese practice. And the other one was studying Chinese characters because Japanese uh, language uses Chinese characters. Mm-hmm. And then the next semester, I studied uh, Japanese history and world history. So I got to do some extra stuff, but it was pretty much just studying um, the language. Gotcha. And for those of you that don't know, uh, Japanese is uh, vastly different from English in that there's a key difference there. Uh, English is an alphabetic language, while Japanese is a syllabic language. Uh, Jeffrey, can you explain how that can make a difference in the way that you uh, write or speak it? So, this not really affected much with speaking, but it's mostly affected with um, uh, writing. So, in Japanese, there are three different, uh, I don't know what to call them, but alphabets, essentially. Mm-hmm. It's, it's, I don't know if that's correct, but... So you have hiragana, you have katakana, and you have kanji. And um, hiragana, for the most part, is used for younger children who don't know how to use the Chinese characters and don't know how to write Chinese characters. Um, it's also used for like certain particles, their version of our, like of and 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 stuff like that. Um, and then there's katakana, which is used for like mostly foreign words, like the word ice cream is mm-hmm. uh, the same word in Japanese, ice cream, and it's written in katakana, 
and then pretty much everything else is written in kanji, which is the Chinese characters. And kanji, uh, unlike the alphabets, ha- each kanji has meaning. They don't have, um, they're not sounds, they have meanings. So uh, when you look at a kanji, you are able to register a meaning rather than a sound. Okay, so it sounds like, uh, it's almost like two of those alphabets, uh, as we will, um, are used specifically for speaking, while kanji is used more so for reading and writing? Yeah, that's pretty much, that is the, probably the easiest way to describe it. It's incredibly hard to, to explain unless you're actually like studying it. So. <laughs> wow, well it sounds like it's something that takes a lot of studying, so uh, definitely props to you for that. Um, would you say that uh, being in Japan, was it a bit of a culture shock when, we, when you were around people who predominantly used that language? Um, so it, so I was told that there was nothing that I could do that would really prepare me for, um, for culture shock, and I, I believed it, but I, before I went, I, I read so many different books, and I did so much different, like, research on, like, things that could potentially cause culture shock, and when I actually got there, there wasn't much that surprised me, necessarily. Mm-hmm. I was, I was ready for a lot of it, and it took me maybe about a month or a month and a half to really get accustomed. And I, and once I got accustomed, it was super easy lifestyle, um, to live there. The, the hardest parts, uh, were like food, uh, <laughs> uh cause the food is very different and eating like a, a Japanese pizza is very different from eating a, an American pizza. And I, I like cheese a lot and finding cheese, like finding good cheese was very, very difficult. But like, other than that, uh, meeting people, all that kind of stuff was very easy uh, as far as mm-hmm. I was concerned. I do want to go back to food for just a second. I think a lot of times uh, when you go to a Japanese restaurant in America, it's a very Americanized food, kind of like with uh, Mexican food. You know, They don't have the same kinds of things that we have here. And many people kind of, when they think about going to Japan or an Asian country, think, oh, well, it's just going to be uh, the same things that I get at the my local restaurant. Can you tell me a little bit about that food and just how different it was? Like, I know you mentioned uh, that it's very hard to find cheese there. Is that correct? Yeah. So when I wanted cheese, I would go to the McDonald's because the McDonald's was essentially the same. Oh, they so, did have a McDonald's there. Yeah. Yeah. When I, when I was homesick, I would go to McDonald's. Um, <laughs> but um, yeah, I had never really tasted anything like the food that we that that was there. So even here, I work at, I work at a Japanese restaurant here mm-hmm. uh, in my hometown right now and the food we have fried chicken here uh and it's like in the style of like japanese but it's not the japanese fried chicken it's very different mm-hmm. uh, our ramen tastes different here than the ramen that they have there um there's there's so much uh that was different that really surprised me and like for example i'll talk about the pizza real quick they like to put uh like fish on pizza and ve- like a lot more vegetables than we do on pizza. oh gotcha so I went to a place and they had a, I, I went to a diner regularly and I kind of, I became a regular customer there mm-hmm. and they had a Jeffrey style pizza for me, which was essentially American style pizza with like meats and such, but they knew that I liked corn and I never had the heart to tell them that I didn't like corn on pizza. But every time <laughs> I ate pizza there, it was essentially meat lovers and a bunch of corn. Corn and, on pizza. Wow. Yeah, it was, it was, it was pretty interesting. And I tried, like, I tried a new food every week that I could and yeah, the, I, I wasn't really ready for the food because I am an extremely picky eater, but I guess mm-hmm. going to Japan and experiencing that for one year and pretty much just eating everything that people would give me, I'm no longer a picky eater. So. 
Well, that's awesome. And is their diet a lot more uh, fish based? Is that right? It's a lot more fish based. Uh, yeah, pretty much you can eat fish every single day. Uh, that that was one of the options. I don't. I didn't love fish when I went there. Mm-hmm. Um, but after eating sushi for like um, for a while, I really got. I felt, really fell in love with fish. Mm-hmm. And then whenever I would go to Japanese styles, Japanese style hotels. Uh, that would that would have like a bed and breakfast type style. Mm-hmm. The breakfast usually was a fish, and at first that really surprised me. But it was like it was like grilled grilled salmon or something like that. Oh, that sounds good. <laughs> it, was, it was really good, but uh, understandably, whenever I went, I was like, man, I just want like Captain Crunch or something. <laughs> just some cereal or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, moving on from the food, let's talk a little bit more about the people. Um, culturally speaking, uh, Japan has a, a much different uh, social environment than I guess you could say America does. Uh, what was your experience with that? Would you say that you agree with that? Uh, yeah, it was pretty different. It was hard to get used to a lot of things, at least from what I was... Uh, uh, okay, it wasn't hard to get used to a lot of things, but a lot of things I was like, oh, that's different, mm-hmm. and I'm just going to have to sort of accept that that's different. Um, I'm trying to think of examples... So Japan doesn't really have a uh, party culture, is what my teacher had told me. Really? Um, so uh, anytime that I would go to something that was like, oh, this is a party or whatnot, I would go to a party, and it was completely different from like anything that was in America. America, the image of parties in America is that we can get super wild and stuff like that. Right, right. Whereas like the party, like uh, my friend was like, hey, we're gonna have a uh, a nabe party, which is essentially like a, a nabe is a food that you cook in in a a bowl. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was like, cool, I'm going to go, we're going to listen to music and do this and we're going to eat nabe. But really all that we did is we sat down around the table and we just ate food and we talked. But there, that was like, it was that was considered a party. Uh, so like the party culture aspect was completely different. Um, I also found that it was, so in America, and this is kind of, this is just from my personal experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I would have like make friends that were like girls in America, there was always kind of like this, like, like there's this there's a certain feeling in America that you girls and guys can't just be friends you know mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. whereas in in Japan that's very normal and very okay um, so I had I had many like friends who were girls and that was really nice um, just, being able, <laughs> just having like friends from all, all around I guess um, I don't know it, it was a it was a lot more calmer <laughs> I guess. More laid back, um, a lot less of a kind of like a rush about everything. You think? Yeah, like there, like not a lot of social expectations. I guess I don't know. How, I don't know how to explain it. Interesting. And then a, a lot of people make friends by joining clubs in Japan. So like I joined a tea club in Japan because I've always been interested in the the tea culture, mm-hmm. um, and that's where I made a lot of my friends was through there. And pretty much from when I was talking to my teacher. She was telling me that the only way, Japanese people, like I said, they don't have party culture, so they don't often go to parties and meet new people. The way that they meet friends is by going to, they joining clubs where they have people in classes or they go to a job and that's where they make friends. But like anywhere else, they, they really struggle to make friends that way. So pretty much any time that I would hang out with people, it would have to be from people with my tea club. Interesting. So were these clubs, um, are these something that are just kind of like a open to the public or was it specifically made through a job or, or school? I'm curious to learn more about that. So it was mostly uh, students-based. Okay, so okay. I, I, ended, I ended up going 
their second semester. So when I first went there, there was no easy way for me to enter, enter clubs. Uh-huh. But uh, when it's their first semester, that first week, they like every single club in the school, and they have a lot of clubs, like tea club, movie club, uh, they have like an anime club, uh, and in Japan, the sports teams, they're considered clubs. Interesting, so, like, they're, okay. It's like a, a lacrosse team, and they just have like recruiters all around the school, and they're just, they will like pull freshmen, and they'll be like, hey, do you want to join a movie club or whatnot? And a lot of times people will join clubs not really, even if they're interested in the, in the thing, they just want to make friends. So I had a friend who was like, who was in my tea club, and he said that he wanted to actually join like a science uh, space club, but they didn't have one that was there. And he ended up just joining tea club instead, and now he loves the tea club. Um, but it's pretty much just uh, students that can join these clubs. Interesting. So were there, um, were, would you say that tea club was your favorite club? Did you join any other ones while you were there? Uh, what did I do? So I tried to join three clubs in total because I wanted to make as many friends as possible. Mm-hmm. Uh, T-Club did end up being my favorite one, and I felt more of like a kinship with all of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, at the end of the, before I left, I called them my brothers and sisters, um, that kind of feeling. But I, I also tried to join an English uh, club because I wanted to help people learn English. I was, I'm very interested in teaching English, so I wanted to help them. Oh, okay. And uh, I joined I joined that one only for a few times, but because I was leaving that their, uh, because I was going to leave halfway through their year, I couldn't officially join that club. Um, so I just sort of like helped them out and kind of like a guest club. appearance, if you will. Yeah, sort of. And I would help out people in that club when they needed help with like homework or just coaching with English. Mm-hmm. And then I joined a music club, but because I'm not musically talented, I just went to their concerts and sort of just sat in the front and like helped people get hyped up, I guess. But, <laughs> but that said, I, I only did that cool. a few times because you have to be sort of musically talented to do it. And they're like, oh, you can sing. You can be a bad singer, but because you sing in English, we won't be able to tell. <laughs> so, well, maybe. <laughs> so. <laughs> well, that's pretty cool, though. I mean, it seems like uh, regardless of requirements, they were pretty accepting of you, and that's really cool. Um I guess moving on through that too, but we have uh, just under a minute left. Um, it sounds like from these clubs that they were pretty uh, welcoming and inviting, but what would you say overall was uh, the Japanese perception of Americans there? Uh, very cool. To keep it very simple, whenever I met, when meet, when I would meet people, they would say that I'm very cool. They they have, and I was I was uh, not cool when I first went. I was very chubby and had no sense of style or anything like that, but everyone's like, oh, you're so cool because you're an American. And I was like, no, not really. <laughs> so, wow. Yeah, that's, they very much love Americans. And I was the only American at that entire school. So. Wow, so uh, definitely uh, quite a shocking experience, but uh, overall it sounds like they were very uh, inviting and uh, they made you feel right at home while you were there. Yeah, I absolutely loved it. Would you say you would ever go back to Japan? I uh, I have the intentions of going back to teach English next April, so, yes. Wow, well, congratulations. Is that uh, going to be long-term, you think? Uh, it'll be until I get tired of it, and if it's anything like my studying abroad was, I will probably never get tired of it, so. <laughs> well, that's great to hear, Jeffrey, and I uh, wish you the best of luck with that, of course, and I'm glad that uh, you were able to get this experience through the study abroad program here at Washburn. Much. For sure. Hey, it's been great to have you on the show today, Jeffrey. I think that's all the time we've got for today. So uh, 
I want to thank you for coming in and having some time to speak with us about this and for everybody for listening to uh, International In-Depth. This has been Mark Fearborn with the show. Uh, Tune in for more episodes coming soon. Jeffrey, once again, thank you for coming on. appreciate it. Thank you for having me on.